Welcome to This Will Change Your Life, the podcast hosted by Chuck Chapman, designed to help you overcome challenges and achieve personal growth. As a professional psychotherapist, life coach, and fellow traveler, Chuck shares life hacks and strategies that will not only help you get unstuck, but help you transform into the best version of yourself. Join Chuck on this journey towards positive change and self-discovery, because this will change your life. Have you ever been in an argument and things just go south? Things go horribly wrong and you end up saying things that you re- you later regret. Maybe even the next day you feel this sense of heaviness. And, and even if you apologize, you still feel the pain from the night before. Can you relate to that? <laughs> Me too. So why do we say things and do things in the heat of the moment that we later regret? And even better, how can we stop doing this? Well, the topic of today's presentation is stop saying stupid things when you're in an argument. The first thing, let me introduce you to a concept called negative sentiment override. Negative sentiment override is like wearing a pair of discolored or distorted glasses and it filters out all of the positive and and it magnifies the negative. So for example, like if you were wearing blue tinted glasses and I held up a lemon and I asked you what color it was, you would say green. Even though that the lemon is yellow, your perception is altered and you might even defend your point and double down on the fact that the lemon is green. Your brain is influenced by the blue tinted glasses. It's not your fault. It's simply your brain looking at things in a distorted view. And when we're under the influence of negative sentiment override, our perceptions of our partners, their attentions and their actions become significantly biased. Even actions that would normally perceived as positive or neutral can be twisted into something negative or even hostile. Let's consider this example. Let's say your partner forgets to refill the coffee pot and in a neutral positive sentiment statement state, you might easily shrug it off as a a mistake knowing that your partner usually does remember. You might even find it a little enduring, sort of like a testament to their charming scatterbrain nature. But under this influence of the negative sentiment override, that same action can act as negligence or disregard, and it can become a clear sign that they don't care about you and your needs, and it drastically shifts your perception. So it's important to understand that negative sentiment override doesn't happen overnight. It's often the result of unresolved conflicts, buildup resentments, and dissatisfaction in the relationship. Over time, these negative feelings start to pile up and they build this reservoir of negativity that influences how we interpret our partner's actions. The more negativity that accumulates, the more likely we are to slip into that negative sentiment override. Now, why is this dangerous? Because negative sentiment override lays the groundwork for what John Gottman calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. These destructive behaviors further erode the relationship and our satisfaction and stability. In a negative sentiment override state, a simple forgetful act might lead to you criticizing your partner harshly, and that fosters a hostile environment. You might harbor contempt and nurse feelings of disdain and superiority. In your return, your partner might become defensive and reject any accountability and throwing counter arguments and accusations towards you. Eventually, one or both of you start to resort to stonewalling and you withdraw from the interaction in order to avoid the conflict. Now, the presence of the 
four horsemen in arguments is a clear indication of negative sentiment override. And it's a sign that the relationship needs some help. According to Gottman's research, these behaviors predict divorce with startling accuracy. What's particularly insidious about negative sentiment override is that it makes it incredibly difficult to see the good in your partner or even in the situation at hand. It makes us blind to the affection, the care, and the goodwill that our partner has for us. And we filter out their positive qualities and actions, and we, we focus only on their perceived faults and transgression. In a sense, negative sentiment override puts us on a destructive path where we lose sight of why we love our partner in the first place. When we understand negative sentiment override, it helps us recognize our perceptions and reactions that are distorting the underlying negativity. When we recognize negative sentiment override, it can be the first step in working towards resolving the underlying issues and rebuilding positivity in the relationship. So why do we so easily slip into this negative sentiment override? Well, let's talk about the influence of our brains. When we find ourselves in a situation that our brain perceives as threatening or stressful, such as uh, escalating argument with our loved one, our adrenaline gland starts pumping out something called cortisol. Now, this hormone is part of the body's natural stress response system, but it's a relic from our past prehistoric ancestors who frequently faced these life or death situations. Cortisol plays an important role in this fight or flight response and it prepares our body for rapid action. It increases our heart rate, our blood pressure, raises our glucose levels, and it gives our body energy, but it also dampens our non-emergency bodily functions. So like our immune response or digestive systems and effectively it prioritizes immediate survival over long-term health. So for example, if a bear is chasing you, well, you're not going to be hungry because the cortisol is shut down in your digestive system. You know, when a stressful situation involves an argument with a loved one, physically fighting or running away, those probably aren't appropriate responses. Nevertheless, our ancient response system doesn't know the difference between an emotional threat and a physical threat. It just knows that we're under stress and it releases the cortisol. Now, here's where the issue arises. The prefrontal cortex, or the PFC, is part of the brain that involves executive functionings like decision-making, problem-solving, and emotional regulation and impulse control. It's highly sensitive to cortisol. So as cortisol levels rise, the function of the PFC declines. Your prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that sits right behind your forehead. It's that part of your brain, the front part of your brain that we see when we think about a brain. As cortisol levels arise, the function of the PFC declines. This makes sense from a survival perspective because when we face a potential threat, our ancestors, they didn't really have time to stop and think about what they needed to do. They just needed to act swiftly and instinctively. But in our day-to-day -day arguments, when cortisol is introduced into our body and reduces the prefrontal cortex function, it can be counterproductive and hamper our ability to clearly understand what's going on and have compassion and empathy and resist those impulses. So instead of engaging in constructive dialogue, we become more defensive. We say things that are hurtful because we're not really thinking. Like literally that part of our brain isn't online. So when cortisol can take what might've been a minor incident and turn it into a full-blown argument. And because it's just in the prefrontal cortex, one of the things it does 
is it really contributes to the argument and the escalation of the argument. And it's going on in both people. And as it's going on in both people, we stop seeing each other as partners, lovers, friends, and we start seeing the other as a threat. Her brain just takes over, shuts down that prefrontal cortex, and we start seeing this person that I love, but we see them as the threat rather than our ally. So if you've ever found yourself thinking like, oh, why did I say that? Or I didn't mean to yell after an argument. You can bet the cortisol was playing a, a significant part. So we need to remember that our biology can push us towards certain actions, but if we understand them, we can learn to control and have more constructive responses. So now let's talk about cortisol and its effects after the argument. The after effects of the cortisol may stay in our bodies for quite some time. That's because it hasn't metabolized out of our system. Because when cortisol is released into the bloodstream, it doesn't disappear when stressors disappear. Instead, it gradually metabolizes and clears out of our system over a period of time. And the amount of time for a substance to reduce by half is called a half-life. And for cortisol, this is typically 60 to 90 minutes. So consider what happens when you're in an argument with someone, your body is responding to the emotional stress and it releases all of that cortisol and you get this flood and wave of cortisol. Now the arguments ended and the immediate stressors are gone. However, you still feel hurt and agitated and angry and all those kind of things. And we might assume that we should be able to just return to a state of calm, but because of cortisol's half-life, it can take several hours for cortisol to decrease enough for our body to return to a relaxed and whole state. Now, this time can vary from between person to person. It's based on how that person metabolizes the cortisol out of their system. But in general, it can take several hours for cortisol to finally dissipate and your prefrontal cortex kind of come back online where you feel a sense of, you know, back to that homeostasis. So even though the arguments ended, you are still feeling that sense of hurt and anger and frustration. And it might take, actually take even a couple days before you start to feel normal again. And maybe you've even had a big argument and the next day you have this sense of heaviness. That's what we refer to as a cortisol hangover. It's a delayed return to the relaxed state. It's very similar to alcohol. An alcohol hangover where the effects are felt the next morning after drinking, cortisol hangovers can leave you feeling off balance and irritable and emotionally sensitive way after the argument's passed. It's also why making up and apologizing immediately after an argument doesn't instantly resolve the hurt feelings. Even though you may logically understand that you both express regret and want to move forward, your body is still operating on high alert. And this heightened emotion, this hypersensitivity can persist and make it really difficult to let go of the conflict and embrace the resolution. But if we can understand the biological process, it can be a powerful tool and help us realize that this prolonged stress response isn't a sign of personal failure or indicate that the argument was more damaging than we thought. It's simply just our bodies working through the process of metabolizing the cortisol. When we recognize that this is what's going on, we can take a step back and realize, okay, I'm just feeling the cortisol. I'm feeling the after effects of this cortisol hangover. 
It's going to pass. I just need to wait for it to metabolize out of my system. And then we'll get back online and we'll get back into having that normal relationship. So how do we stop saying stupid things in the heat of the moment? Well, let's talk a little bit deeper about some steps that we can do to help prevent saying stupid things and reduce the lingering pain afterward. The first thing we can do is we have to recognize the negative sentiment override. And as I talked about earlier, the negative sentiment override can really cloud our perception and intensify our reactions. So the first step towards change is just recognizing when this negative sentiment overrides starts to play. Ask yourself, am I reacting and responding to the situation at hand or am I reacting to past conflicts and unresolved issues? Are these things influencing me? Now, if we can acknowledge the influences of the negative sentiment override can help us pause and reassess the situation in the reaction. It's important when we start to feel yourself overwhelmed in an argument to take a break. It's difficult because our brains want resolution, but when we take a break, when we take some time to cool down and express to our partner that we're feeling particularly sensitive, it gives us the opportunity to allow the cortisol and the negative sentiment override to process through our bodies. So this awareness alone can decrease the sensitivity and the in intensity of our responses and really pave a way for a more productive dialogue. The other thing we need to do is we need to learn to manage our cortisol levels. So when conflict arises and cortisol spikes, we need to learn some techniques to keep that stress hormone in check so that we can ensure that our prefrontal cortex can operate effectively. So if you're taking a break from your argument, you can stop and you can do some of these things that are like stress management techniques. So deep breathing exercises that can slow your heart rate and, and help you counteract the physiological arousals. Mindfulness and meditation can help you stay present and avoid spiraling into those negative thought patterns. Things like taking a brisk walk or doing some physical exercise. These can help your brain start to metabolize the cortisol faster through your body. But the thing is, you've got to practice these things on a regular basis so that when you find yourself in that moment where the argument is starting to go south, rather than going into the prefrontal cortex overload, you're able to take a pause. When we try to resolve issues when we're in a state of high stress and the cortisol impairing our prefrontal cortex, it's likely going to lead to more impulsive and regrettable actions. So when we take a break for at least an hour or more, it allows our body to metabolize the chemicals, those neurochemicals, the cortisol, the adrenaline out of our bodies and bring our prefrontal cortex back online. This can help us regain control and approach the situation more accurately, more empathetically. Just make sure your communication with your partner is about taking a break and then we're going to talk about this topic later at a different, at a different point. Now, another thing that's really important to cultivate is what it's called positive sentiment override. Gottman's research has found that cultivating these positive sentiment override can act as a buffer against the negative sentiment override and conflict. In relationships where positive sentiments are often expressed, partners tend to give each other more of the benefit of the doubt, and we tend to interpret each other's actions more positively. It's basically assuming positive intent on your partner's behalf. So striving to 
foster positivity regularly in your relationship, building a culture of gratitude and appreciation, spending quality time together, affection. This starts building the positive interactions and builds a reservoir of positivity that can help you keep that negative sentiment override at bay. Now, each of these steps requires effort and practice, but the payoff is really significant. It helps us have healthier, happier relationships with fewer regrettable incidents during conflict. It's all about understanding our body's natural response to stress and learning to navigate through this effectively. In conclusion, understanding the relationship between negative sentiment override and cortisol levels offer us an insightful way to look at our behavior during conflict and recognize negative sentiment override can skew our perception and how cortisol surges can hijack our rational brain functions. We can understand why we say these things that we tend to regret later. And it also gives us the ability to kind of have grace towards our partner and understand that they too are going through these things and they may say something that they also regret. So it doesn't mean that these things are necessarily true. That just means that our brains were hijacked, negative sentiment override came into play, and we said and we did things that we didn't mean to say or do, which is why it's super, super important to learn how to repair. Learning how to repair after a relationship is vital. One of the things Gottman says is that conflicts are going to happen in relationship, but it's how you repair that matters. If you take the time and work through your own neurochemical cortisol flooding that's going on in your brain, you take that break and then you come back with positive sentiment override and you see your partner as somebody that you love and that you care for and that you cherish And you can begin to empathize with what's going on with them. And they start empathizing with what's going on with you. Then we're going to be able to repair and we're going to be able to offer forgiveness. And we're going to be able to kind of put these things in the past and also understand that maybe we just weren't at our best in that particular moment. Sometimes just a simple act of posse can make all the difference. But remember, These things take time. They take understanding. And the more you know yourself and how your body works and how you function, the better you're going to be at overcoming and recognizing when our brain starts to get flooded with the cortisol or we start jumping into the negative sentiment override. Once I start doing this, then those cortisol levels tend to drop and the dopamine levels tend to rise and we feel actually more connected and committed to our partners. If you like this video, please like, subscribe, do whatever you have to do so that you get the notifications for upcoming videos. It really helps the algorithm and it helps this channel grow. And so I hope that you enjoyed this episode of This Will Change Your Life. How to stop saying stupid things in the middle of an argument. This will change your life. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Chuck and how he can help you get unstuck at chuckchapman.com. And if you just found us, subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a life-changing episode. Want to help others just like you? Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Share it with a friend or on social media. And remember, the information contained in these posts, podcasts, and social medias for general information and educational purposes only. The information on this feed is not, nor is it intended to be, therapy or psychological advice. Nothing posted should be considered as professional advice. 
We'll see you back here for the next episode because this will change your life. <laughs>